tomorrow might be good for something. Hold on, feeling like I'm headed for a breakdown, and I don't know why. But I'm not crazy, I'm just a little unwell. I know right now you can't tell, but stay a while, maybe then you'll see a different side of me. Hello and welcome to Bard Talk. I'm your host Josh once again and on this thrilling Wednesday I have brought another guest. Uh, Steph is back so that when I say something outrageous I can just blame it on her. Welcome back Steph. Thanks. It's good to be here. Um, we have a lot of things to go over. Um, when we last left off we were going to talk about uh, sexuality and like some taboo ones. Some ones that like I think on both ends of the community, there's some conflict. There's like a little bit of uh, questioning or whatever. But um, yeah, so I hope you're ready. Strap in. Um, I did want to say real quick in memoriam, uh, for those of you who have heard me say before, I run a small YouTube channel called Jungle Josh D, where I just kind of feed like tarantulas and reptiles and stuff. I lost one of my girls, and it was really sad. And and the reason I bring this up, the reason I bring this up is because I was telling you at work and one of our other co-workers chimed in and was just like, ah, a spider died. Good. And I'm like, what the F, yo? So insensitive. I, so I wasn't mad. Like, I, I, I'm used to it. But like, if somebody's hamster or rabbit died, I mean, I don't hate rodents and stuff like that. I mean, I feed rodents to my snakes, but... If somebody's pet rat died, I wouldn't be like, oh, good, plague-carrying things. They all should die. <laughs> like, you know, I... Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you. I just thought it was, like, really... It's funny to me when people's, like, real sides come out. Like, when it when they're just, like, raw and unfiltered. There's no amount of sympathy or whatever. They're just kind of like, oh, I hate spiders. I'm glad your pet spider died. Like, okay. Yeah, I think it can be really um, disconcerting um, because you have like this pre preconceived notion of people and um, that all of a sudden like this other side of them comes out and it, it's, I don't know, it's really jarring. It is. It, and, and I think more than the shock of them being like honest is just them being nasty yeah. for no reason. Like, like. You know, not in a kidding way. It wasn't like, ah, oh, you know, punch me on the shoulder and be like, oh, I'm glad your pet spider died. It was just like, I hate spiders. I wish they'd all die. Okay. I'm like, all right. I, I, you get a measure of somebody. And that's what I think some of these topics bring up about people. Um, we left off when we were talking about um, all kinds of just gay issues. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really bad. <laughs> like a 1990s insult bad. We were talking about some issues and they were way gay. Um, no, we were talking about acceptance and what it's like to to go through challenging things. But we, I cut it short because we were going to get into bisexuality. 
and the various, um, I don't know what you want to say, like umbrellas. Here's, I struggle with this. I'm relatively open-minded, I think. I mean, I could be better. Um, I try not to pat myself on the back and call this like a woke podcast. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Because I, I, you know, I do have some hardline views about things. I have some, flatly, I have wrong views. Some things that are so ingrained in on you that, like, it's really hard to overcome. And that's why I like bringing you on and talking to you. Because um, then I get a chance to, like, bounce these notions I have off somebody that I, I really respect. I truly respect you, Steph. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> and And maybe if I can work out changing my mind I can work out changing the mind of others because maybe they have similar thoughts so we started talking about bisexuality and it's and it's um I can only really meter it from like the straight perspective which is why you bring such a better perspective (laughs) on board but what is it to you and is it scary and do you hate it um I think it's just, it's the simplest, I don't know, like, definition, really. Uh, It's just a person who is attracted to um, both sexes is uh, the simplest way I can put it. Um, It's not at all scary to me. Um, I'm the type of person, I'm very much just like, okay, this is how you identify, that's great. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I have no need to invalidate someone else's identity. Um, and I don't feel like someone else's identity invalidates me. Um, so, you know, I think I had mentioned uh, on the previous, you know, my previous time here um, that I did uh, date somebody, my first girlfriend. Yes. Um was she told me she was bisexual and when it ended it ended very badly and for a time I was one of those people who was just like never date a bisexual ever again and they're just this and they're just that and um I had to really take a step back from my myself and and realize that her sexuality had little to nothing to do with how she treated me like it was her as a person Um, and her own struggles and her own fears, um, you know, and through that, I was actually, I was able to have a a bit of, of, of empathy towards her. Um, you know, I, I still think she's a little crazy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I think all women are, and I will stand by that. (laughs) Um, you, you know, I, I just, I. I don't know. I I think you get into really, really problematic territory when you start utilizing someone's sexuality as a a reason for ineffective, unhealthy behavior. Um, Because it, it, you know, you you need to look at at each individual person, you know. So, and and that's... I don't want to say I trip over it. I think a lot of people trip over this, and it's not fair. So we look at heterosexuality. The majority of people are heterosexual. 
so that means that marketing, that means that um, media, that means that the, the mass of society caters to heterosexuality. I almost, I, I don't want to say it's like the default view, but it is almost like you are expected to be hetero until you're not. You nobody expect nobody has a baby. Maybe people have babies and they they're like, oh god, I hope it's gay. Like, I I'm, I've heard that joke from guys because, and I'll get into that. But like a lot of guys will do joke that like, oh, I hope my daughter's lesbian because I don't ever have to worry about her getting pregnant too early. There is an insane, like level of beyond religious doctrine when it comes to like certain fathers guardianship over their daughters like I, I forget who it was there was some rapper that like annually took his daughter to the hospital yes. I can't remember his name but he takes his daughter to the hospital and like has the doctor inspect her hymen like one gross gr bleh, <laughs> yeah. really gross and two like so what you were saying like I agree I think um of course, there's that honeybee part of us. We, we love tribalism. Tribalism has helped us so much through evolution, like being able to do group projects and pool our resources. And there's a lot of benefits to it. But then there's like a toxic part. And when you pin everything you are on your sexuality, like your whole personality, your lifestyle, like you, you don't see yourself outside of your sexuality, I think you you and it's hard because i don't want to like like i'm like you i don't want to judge anybody but i really feel like you almost do a disservice to yourself like you like you've created a brand or a caricature and you're playing a role rather than being the protagonist in your story right yeah i i think it, it's it's really difficult because i do not like to focus so much on labels um i don't feel like everyone needs to label themselves like mm -hmm. you know if someone doesn't you know like oh i don't want to label myself like okay that's fine like you know i don't feel like you should have to if you don't want to um i i think i identify as a lesbian um but i don't i don't know like i I recognize that, like, being gay is, you know, has taught me so very much, and it is a big part of me. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also not all of me. Um, and it's it's funny you bring this up, because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm writing a story, and there is a, a part in the story where these two people get together, and I just read a really loud noise, but... It's uh, okay. <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> These two people get together, Thanks, and darling. one of them has spent their entire lives, like, pretty much uh, living as a straight person, mm. and uh, they have this, they're having this very intimate moment, and they're having this conversation, and she's like, so it doesn't bother you at all that I've lived most of my life as straight, and this other character is just like, you know, it doesn't matter to me, like, what was in your heart and mind up until this point what matters to me is what's in your heart and mind now right you know what i mean like that's what matters to me I, I i'm not going to discount being here with you now because 
of who you were with before. Yeah, and that's what you said about seeing the person for for their individualism. Um, so this is my guess, and this is just to tie it back to us talking about being bi. I really, truly believe this. I know it was a Joe Rogan joke, um, but he made a joke about something that is like honest to God true, and that's most guys, I don't think lesbians are a real thing. I don't think they truly believe it. I, I think, I, I know the joke, it, the joke standing there is like, oh, well, you're only a lesbian because you never had this dick. But right. like, honest to God, I think most Heartland America, you know, straight guys truly don't believe in lesbians. They see, they see, um, like, you know, the hot ones um, where, where porn, which by the way, one of these days, I want to have a discussion about how problematic porn has become and stereotyping and like, oh, like, absolutely. Just, like it's, it's one of my favorite things, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> what it, don't laugh. You know, it is too. <laughs> Everybody loves porn. Everybody enjoys it. The people that say they don't are liars, but it is largely problematic. So you have, you have that, which again add it it kind of fuels that disbelief and then like when guys see lesbians like the first thing they'll go after is oh well you know she she just doesn't think she could get a man because of the way she looks or or um in in the other case you'll have and we've kind of talked about this a little bit some lesbians you know and i shouldn't say that like just some women in general Go for a very masculine feel. And I don't... This is going to sound so stupid, but it actually took a Native American. Don't laugh. No, I'm, I'm curious. I'm genuinely curious to like where this is going. Yeah, how, do you, how do you get from <laughs> masculine lesbian, uh, lesbian to Native American? So the Native Americans have like wildly different beliefs than we do. Um, they call God, I'm using air quotes for that, creator... And they they have no problem in their head, as far back as I know, they have no problem with the idea that your your physical body is associated with your spirit, and that they can have a male and a female spirit in any one body, and it's not a big deal. They don't they don't call it gender fluid. They don't claim it, it has nothing to do with gender to them. They they. Man, I'm using them again, and I feel it's problematic because it's... So the Native American that I kind of got an understanding from, she explained it that she has a male and female spirit. So she can present either way and feel comfortable. I'm so bad at this woke thing. No, it, it, I mean, I, to me, that completely makes sense. Well, and that made sense to me because... Like, I always, not always, when I was younger and trying to sort my way through the world, I couldn't figure it out. Um, there was that time from, like, 2012 until, like, 2018, because I feel it's kind of died down a little bit. But, like, there was this push for, you know, recognizing unlimited amount of genders and, um, like, gender fluidity and a lot of it was some of it was easier to understand some of the people that were really like 
willing to have the discussion and they were just like you know well um i can present as a male and feel like a male and not be trans and it's okay because i know that that like my sex is i'm a female sex i was born female and i i want to retain that but i enjoy presenting male i enjoy presenting this and some days I enjoy presenting female and like that makes sense. And then you have the other ones that are like, there are 76 genders. Fuck you if you don't agree. <laughs> like, I don't care about you understanding it. Like, you know, I and and I believe that all of that has a place to get acceptance. Like, I think m- movements always have to be multifaceted. You have to have the we're loud, we're proud, we're here, we're queer, we're going to stay. Um, and then you have to have that, I'm your, I'm your uncle, your aunt, your brother, your sister, that more toned down response. And there's got to be people out there willing to have the conversation to help people understand. And it was weird that it really took a Native American woman for me to get it. There's things I still don't understand. There's, there's things that... I know make me a bad person because I don't understand. You're making a face, but... Well, I am because, like... I I don't know. I, I think not understanding just means that, like, there's a need for more education. Like, I don't think it makes you a bad person, you know? It is my motive... Not my motive. No, yeah. Motive is a good word. It is my motive for not understanding. So I will... I... Wow. I am not sure I'm willing to blow this out of the air. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I need to. I need to. Honesty is is something as a Pisces I really appreciate. And I, I want I wanna have these conversations that are difficult. You know, when I talked with Clayton, like I kinda blew out like my whole southern ism. And, like, it was scary because I am afraid that people are going to be like, oh, what a stupid hick. But on the other end, like, I can't learn if I'm not willing to be vulnerable. Exactly. Um, so I will, I, will, I will open up to this. And if it forever changes how you perceive me, I'm sorry. <laughs> but so as a hetero male, a testosterone-filled, I mean, just ape, hairy everywhere ape and I acknowledge this as as failing points but like I'll see a, a, a lesbian couple and one of them will be relatively attractive I mean I I you know I think so she presents feminine and then the other one um has this character <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're making a face. I'm, I don't mean look to. away. All right, no, I'm just right. kidding. I'm just kidding. You know what I'm gonna say. The other one looks like Fred Flintstone with like egg on her vest and like they they just look slob. Like they look like a slob. And I don't care. I want to throw that out there. You live your best life if that's that's what you want to do. I don't care. I'm not mad. I never was like, ugh, pig. I honestly just look and go like, now, she's pretty. What the hell is she seeing that? Like, why would you want to be with somebody who goes to that level to look so, like, 
almost out of the way unattractive. And the only explanation I've ever got is somebody said, like, oh, well, they do it on purpose, and they, please understand, I'm not trying to describe everybody, but, like, the explanation I got was that that look was done on purpose to not be attractive to males. Like, they're, they're, they're trying to look masculine and look like a trucker who's been up all night because I'm so... I, no, that's a relatively good uh, description, actually. That's accurate. I see, you know what I'm trying to describe, <laughs> yes. yeah. I, I'm trying to paint a picture, and I'm trying to do it as tastefully as possible, but it, it's, it's hard because, like, it's a negative connotation that I'm attaching to this because I see it as a negative connotation. All I see is somebody who goes out of their way to make their appearance exceptionally vulgar to, in, in public, and it's, it's not, I don't care. I want to throw that out there again. I'm not looking to move in on any of them. I just don't understand, like, why when you care so much about your opinion of, like, how you look, why would you gussy gussy yourself up? That's good southernism. Why would you get all dolled up and then, like, go out and, like, want to be around somebody that puts an effort to look like that? And the only explanation I got was, well, they do it purposely so that they're not attractive to you. But what is the mindset behind that? Um, I mean, in some cases, yeah. Uh, that's... In some cases, that, that is why they might look like that. You know, it might it might be, like, having such a difficult time dealing with, like, men hitting on them. It's like, oh, okay, being butchy for me isn't enough. Like, you know, I have to, you know, slop it up a bit as well. Um... But, of course, it's not the only reason. Like, some of it just could literally be, um, you know, just how they care for themselves. Like, just in general. Uh, there are a multitude of reasons why you would have a couple that appears so different like that. Um, and w- I mean, what we're beginning to see now, which I appreciate, is that... That there isn't just one way for for lesbian couples to exist like it's yes. not just like ooh one like really you know one um really feminine one and one really masculine one sometimes it's too very feminine sometimes it's too masculine like sometimes it's just it runs the gamut sometimes it's like i don't know soft butch like uh you know it, it just it's all over the place and it, it's really it's hard to really give like an accurate accurate explanation why something like that would happen um i know from my own personal experience i would get uh tired of getting hit on by guys like mm-hmm. and the temptation would be there to like just like how can i make myself look like shit um but uh i don't know i i mean i can't give a definitive answer um because people are different. They have different reasons for doing what they do. So, and, and the reason why I said it makes me a bad person. And, it, and, and it, it's only because it, I don't, it's innately wired. I'm sure it's part of the hierarchy. And it's just the fact that I sit on top of it. But it's like, nobody needs my opinion. Nobody, nobody's asking for it. Nobody's asking for my advice. Nobody's asking for my commentary on their life. And yet, I'm compelled to have it. Like, I don't know why. I shouldn't, I I don't, I want to throw it out there. I have a friend 
who is like that. Well, maybe friends, a strong word. I work in a field with somebody who is like that. And I, I'm not calling... See, I don't know what... I'm not calling them a slob. I'm not, I'm not any, I really, like, I want that very clear. Just very, she's very masculine. Damn it. I don't know if that's right or what she wants. I don't know what they want, but they, you know, they are very masculine presenting. Um, and what I really think, that, what's come out of this, like, from the blow up, what, what, what we've gathered, at least from my perspective is what you said like i think there are some people that you hear they hear gay and they picture like the two restroom icons and that's it that's all they want but what so so then we experimented with this idea of multiple genders and and how we perceive them and how everything happens and i think out of all of that kind of tumultuous chaos is starting to come like you said this this well there's more than one way to look at this like sometimes you do have two femmes sometimes you have a feminine masculine sometimes you have a mixture of both um one of the things that um i i looked into was somebody who is like androsexual and somebody who's gynosexual so somebody who's andrew androsexual is somebody who is attracted to a masculine presentation they don't necessarily have to be male or female like they don't have i should say they don't have to be male and they don't have to be female it's just if you present very masculine that's what they're into gynosexuality would be the opposite of that somebody who presents extremely feminine I don't think we ever, in the history of our psychology, spent time talking about what that was. Like, we just kind of assumed, like, you know, this is feminine, this is male. And and not to take it to a dark place, but I think one of the biggest things that challenged that was My Little Pony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, there was this huge boom for a second. There was this little kid's show... If you're not familiar, My Little Pony from the 80s was a flop. It was Hasbro's ways to sell toys. And then Lauren Faust came on board to make a show. She wanted to make a, a, a show for girls. Um, but she wanted to have like compelling storylines and mythology. And I think her original idea was like a superhero, like an all-woman superhero show. And Hasbro was just like... Well, we want to relaunch the My Little Pony line. What would you think about doing something with this? And she took the apple and she ran with it. And the cartoon just triggered this nostalgia factor for everybody because it was this 1980s phenomenon that was, you know, the toys were popular, the show wasn't. And then she added all this mythology and made a really good story, like a compelling story that anybody could sit down and watch. And it just brought you right back to sitting in front of the telly with with a bowl of cereal and, and watching cartoons all morning. Yeah. And so then you had a bunch of guys go out and they got really into the show. Like, like I'm talking teenage guys, um, preteen guys, college age guys, 
old guys, which creepy because it did go <laughs> it did go down some dark roads. But the fandom exploded, and then there was all this question about, well, you know, is a colorful pony with an ass tattoo a feminine thing? <laughs> Um, I mean, I think we're, we're taught that, that, yeah, that's what, you know, that it's, it's feminine. I think, um, I don't know. I think it, in some strange way, it was like, it allowed men to get in touch with something. Um, you know, if, if you look at you know different types of cartoons and like the audience that they're they're geared you know to um you know no you wouldn't think my little pony would would have such a a humongous male following um but i think i think men a lot of times have a desire to 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 experience like just magic in that kind of sense like i think i think men ultimately want a little glitter in their lives yeah and i don't know why so many like found it okay like at, like at that point in time yeah at that point in time like just really to like, weird awakening yeah out of to get the glitter from from my little pony but for some reason it just kind of worked you know and i i, I don't know if it was because it, it was so silly and and I just, I just don't i don't know but i i think ultimately like men are taught that they have to be hard and stoic and not express emotion and not go after that magic and that glitter and deep down on some level like i think all of them want at least a little bit of it like you know and they should be allowed to have it and for some reason my little pony just just became that that avenue i the the, the male experience at least in america is even though Okay, so so we had women's lib, and I think most households in America are a dual income. Both people have career goals; they're career oriented. There's not this this old fashioned like the guy goes to work and provides, and then the woman stays home and raises kids, takes care of the homestead type of thing. Um, even though we don't have that setup as a male. You are still expected to be number one. Right. You're still expected. The weight still falls on your shoulders to do that. And I'd be willing to bet, like, if you did a wide-ranging polls, the guys pay for rent or or the, the mortgage. They pay for, like, the necessities. And then, like, maybe the utilities and, and, and things like that fall out, out of the line. I had a guy call me trash because um, I mentioned one time that we would split uh, roles with going out to eat. Like, one week I would pay, and then one week she would pay. And then, like, we alternated uh, buying food. And he had a fit. He's like, no, guys always pay. Whenever you go out to eat, guys always pay. And I said, you only say that because it's showy. 
because you're out in the public and you whip out you know your money stack or you put your card down on the thing and everybody around you sees that you know you're the dominant force um, I don't feel that way I I have always sought uh, more of a partnership because I think deep down inside as a kid I felt so abandoned and so on my own and the last thing that I want to feel is more pressure more responsibility whereas I think a lot of guys even the guys listening to this they know exactly what I'm saying like they know for a fact that there is a societal expectation for them to provide protection be it physical or, or whatever to to you know even just give off that masculine when you're out and about like like you're walking down the boardwalk at Atlantic City like you're expected to ensure the safety of the group um, and my little pony gave you an escape my oh, yeah. little pony offered you this alternate reality where I mean, there were male ponies, but they were barely on the show, and they had no role like that. It was just, you know, myth and and legend, and it it was it was high fantasy done with horses. Yeah, I and I I think that is so much pressure to have on one person's shoulders. Um, you know, I think ultimately, like this average, you know psychology 101 will tell you like like one person being that dependent on another person is unhealthy yeah you know a partnership is what is healthiest and and each person being able to contribute and being able to like you know to feel like they have a certain level of control in the situation um you know and sometimes i mean sometimes you know it being completely one way works for some people. Some people want to be fully take, taken care of and some people are happy as shit, you know, being the one to, to take care. But most of the time, it's just, it's because we're told that's how it's supposed to be. And it's interesting um, because you see dynamics of that, like in the queer community too. Um, I was going to ask you that, so yeah, I'm glad well, you led right into yes, it. Yes, because I <laughs> I have a friend. Uh, I literally talked about this with her today. Um, because I have a friend who is straight, and I bought her a cup of coffee the one day. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, I was doing it just to be kind. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, I was just... Because I just like to do things for people. Yeah. Uh, but when you have a, a dynamic where it, it's... It's a lesbian who, like, presents, you know, I don't present overtly butch, but um, it's almost like for some reason when I paid for that coffee, it's like like every ounce of butchiness I had just came out. And it was like, <laughs> all of a sudden, it was just like, how do you buy a straight woman a cup of coffee and not have it seem datish? Like, like... I... <laughs> and, it's true. And I remember being so paranoid, like, oh, God, like, I hope she doesn't get the wrong idea. And we've talked about it since, and, and it was fine, but it, it, it's... You have these just these strange dynamics where, like, you can't even... It's so set up that way that if, like, you're the person spending the money, you're the person in control, like, and you can't buy someone something in this particular set of circumstances without it be considered... But without it being considered, you know, something... Weird. Weird. So, the last time you were on the podcast, 
and and I, I drove you around Oli a little bit, and um, we went to that pizza place. Yeah. And I bought you a slice of pizza, and I, I I didn't stay up all night thinking about it, but it was in my head that evening, like shit. I hope I didn't offend her. <laughs> like I was genuinely just being kind. I I like was so appreciative you came on the podcast. You drove all the way out here. Like I don't have a mobile studio. So it's inconvenient. And in my head at the time, and still now, at least I, I, I've i written that excuse in so I don't feel awkward about it. But I thought, like, you took time out of your life. You came to visit me. Like, you gave me, you gave of yourself to come be on a podcast, of which you got no benefit from, other than we had a cool conversation. Um, so I just felt like, like hospitality would dictate like you know hey hey this is but it is it's weird like like you think about it after the fact and you're just like well shit i hope they're not offended because i did something so heteronormative like <laughs> you know i just i didn't even think about it just whipped it out like like i got this like yeah i mean i i i wasn't offended at all um i yeah. you know i think my brain is trained to question people's motives, uh, as a lot of people's brains are questioned or are, are trained to do that, to question people's motives behind like, oh, you're buying me something. Why are you buying me something? Yeah. Um, and I think it's so hard for us to get used to the idea that that someone's just doing it out of the kindness of their heart, like in appreciation that there there is no side motive. Um, I think because I trust you and I know like where you come from, uh, it didn't, you know. I, that th thought really didn't enter my mind. Uh, I've had other situations where people I don't know as well have like, like bought me something, and I would like stop and be like, you know, why, why are you doing this? Yeah. Um, and I have to remind myself of like a, the situation where you bought me pizza, or like a situation where I bought my friend a cup of coffee, and it's like, no, like, you know, you need, you need like a stop there. You need to. <laughs> But it's crazy it's that hardwired in. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's ridiculous. Um, did she take it weird or was she just kind of like, like, it, it, you know, when, I, when you bought her coffee, is it almost wired into her to just accept it, do you think? Um, uh, she, no, she was not weirded out. Um, yeah. I was, like, worried to shit that she was, but, um, no, she wasn't. She's, you know, uh... I think if anything, there may have been, I think sometimes when you, when you pay for something for people that there's a, a, a bit of pride that comes into play there. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, there may have been something along those lines. Um, but I, I think she knew me well enough to know that, that I was just genuinely being kind. I, I mean, that's, you're not, so I had, I had another lesbian friend who, who bought somebody a cup of coffee and that person was also straight and they were like paranoid that that person would never talk to them again because they thought that they would perceive that as overstepping bounds and it's it's really weird because again like my mind goes all over the place i'm not passing any sort of judgment and i try to say that as often as i can <laughs> it's just that my brain 
wants to dissect the situation. So what are all the possible reasons that somebody would get upset? And it's like, I, I said to her, I was like, well, you know, is it, is it because that's such a, a heteronormative thing to do? Are you worried about that? Are you worried because, like, do you perceive that because I'm male, if I bought somebody a drink, that it was only for the reason that I want to sleep with them? And of course she shot back and she's like, no, I'm a human being. Like, you know, I, 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 I have those same feelings. Like, I'm sure you've been in a bar where you saw some hot, hot, hot individual and you were just like, I want to buy them a drink because that's my intro. Right. Like, like, you know, you come at them like a crow with something shiny. Yeah. And hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, we're, we're basic, we're mammals, we're mammals and we appreciate um, gifts. Um, there was this, a whole study done on chimps where they started giving chimps money. And the first thing that happened was all the male chimps started giving the female chimps money to try to get sexual favors from them. So like at our very basic, basic evolutionary start, prostitution was the best way, best job. (laughs) It's just how we are. Like it it is, it is, it is how we feel deep inside is that like, that's a, a universal gesture, but people focus so much on sexuality. I think sometimes like you pin your hat on being a certain sexuality and and then you run into that issue or you get so caught up in things that you just don't acknowledge the individual and I really I like I really I just appreciate that so much about you that like where you're willing to have a conversation and see it and and dissect it with me and talk about it and like this whole buy thing you know from from the hetero level it's it's fantasized you know all guys want to buy girlfriend not because they want a girlfriend who likes girls and guys but because they want a girlfriend who is more open to the idea of a threesome right which is not the case i i think it's 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 a stupid like really dumb fantasy if you want to have a threesome you got to find somebody it's poly right somebody who is and by poly i mean polygamous like you have to find somebody who's willing to have multiple intimate relationships with people and then you have to deal with the fact that that's not a switch yeah. they don't turn that on and off they, that is that is something that that they seek out and if you are going to advertise that that's what you're about you better be willing for that to happen and you also better be willing to understand that if they are poly it doesn't mean that they just want to have sex with you and multiple women you're gonna have to deal with everything in between yeah i it's uh, the fetishism i think it is something that's been uh extremely harmful in my opinion and and i mean you see it runs across the board like um fetishizing bisexuals um fetishizing transgendered people um you know just from the the transgender folk that i know um one of the things that they deal with um on on a huge scale is fetishism you know Mm -hmm. it's like oh i don't want to have a relationship with you i just want to like see what it's like to sleep with you once right or like sleep with you like a few times like this is just like how i i get my kicks but you know these are 
these are not people sex toys yeah. like these are our people they're human beings with feelings and they you know want love and companionship and yes they want sex but like they want the other stuff too you know you can't just these aren't things that you can just whip out and put away at will uh and and you know it should be said it's one of the most dangerous lifestyles to live mm. um trans women of color trans men of color have lifespans into the 30s and 40s i mean it it is it's dangerous it's dangerous um and 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 for multiple reasons so everybody knows like we can get into the hate the hate filled fueled rage over a guy paying for a prostitute and then finding out she's a guy and that's some some like like really whatever i it's not even really worth talking about but on the other spectrum there's there's people that'll say like you know they have a history of of possible rape or they have a history of molestation and they're they chose to be a homosexual to escape that trigger that trauma that gets to them and if they were lied to or there was any amount of of non-transparency and they found out in the moment they would be mad like there there is a level there of of I don't. I don't know that it would res result in violence, but you don't know that it wouldn't either. Yeah, I, I mean, I think and this is a really, really touchy subject. Oh, this is you have loaded. to be really careful. Um, there's no excuse for for violence. Mm -hmm. You know, against someone. Um, I think ultimately okay so you know you're with someone and then you find out like that they're transgendered okay so you're upset like okay get upset effectively <laughs> like like but what if it's ptsd what if it is like and i i don't mean I don't mean like the Karen who gets ptsd from not getting the ripest avocado i mean like <laughs> You're laughing, but it's a thing. I mean, like, true PTSD. And you... Yes, we should all be accountable for our actions. And yes, we should seek therapies and, and means to try to overcome that. But, like, I know... I know guys who came back from Iraq and Afghanistan... And if they hear a loud crash, they hit the deck. And they don't know, but listen, I want this very pointedly because one of my friends said this to me. Do you think it's fun to jump on the ground? Do you think it's fun in July to be in a parking lot at Walmart and you hear uh, somebody honk their horn and you jump on hot asphalt? Like you don't have control of your, your, uh, your reflex. Your reflex is... A violent reflex because their trauma is so real so somebody who has serious PTSD from an issue that happened may reflex reflective I, I know English it's just beating me in the face today but they may reflectively reflexively act in a way that is violent 
I mean, I think that's always a possibility with people um, with PTSD. Um, I I think that's just such a slippery slope. It is. Um, Hard talk with Josh. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> it's such a slippery slope because it's... I think it's it's really difficult. And granted, I am speaking from the point of view of someone who is not trans. Um, it's from what I have learned, it is extremely difficult for pe- for for trans people to to come out as trans and to continuously have to come out as trans. Um, you know, I I don't know. It, I mean, that's that's a hard. Um, I think I, I had a, like, I'm always having discussions with people. Like, this is like, this happens all the time. But I, I, I have a, a friend who is trans, and I think we were discussing, um, uh, like, dating. Yeah. Um, you know, someone who, like, who is trans, who is male to female, uh, who, but who decided to, um, to... I'm sorry, who decided to keep, um, you know, her penis. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think my, my response was, you know, I find, uh, penis to be very traumatizing. So, you know, I don't know if it would work (laughs) for me. (laughs) I don't know if it would really work for me. Like, obviously I'm not going to like go that shit and and kick this person's ass like but that might be like a stopping point for me because it's just like for me it's just i can't right you know it's something that i personally with my background cannot get past um you know so if i'm in a situation where you know i'm dating someone and i don't know um I feel like I would have wanted the person to be honest with me. Um, sure. You know, so I might be hurt on that level because if I'm getting involved with this person and I'm starting to, to, to you yeah. know, connect with them and trust them, like, I would want that honesty. Um, you wouldn't be human if you didn't yeah. seek that level. Like, if you're going to get intimate with somebody, you want them to be as honest as possible. Exactly. And, um, and it's weird because... I don't think there's an area in human psycho- psychology where more trickery is used than sex. Like, yeah, it's it, weird. It's yeah. I mean, we we do all kinds of things. <laughs> like, and I, I I think because I have grown so used to viewing uh, the male genitalia as a weapon. Oof. Um, that it. it you know. I'm sorry for my existence. <laughs> no, but like, it's not to say that I I hate men because I don't hate men. I greatly appreciate men. I sometimes get along better with like men than I than I do with women. It just it kind of depends on the situation. But um, my I cannot promise that my reaction like wouldn't you know like I'd just be like oh you know no big deal like. Um, you know, I'm not interested, but whatever. Like, I might react kind of, you know, in a traumatized way. Would I be violent? No. Like, I'm I'm more the type that would cower in a corner. Like, right, right. I would be the one who'd hit the deck. Well, like, <laughs> and, and 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 for all transparency reasons, 
I'm I'm certainly not trying to put it out there that like trans people go around deceiving people. I I know that like statistically that is one of the ways they fall into that victim category for violence is is they get to that part and then it goes horribly wrong. Right. And admittedly, it's probably more with men than women. But we lie to ourselves when we say that women aren't violent. You know, oh, you yeah. can have the most feminine woman there is in the world and they can be some of the most violent people in the world. I mean, I've I've been in relationships where it was okay for my partner to hit me. My female partner. I'm not gay. I wish I was, but I'm just not. <laughs> um, and she, you know, she would hit me. She threw a remote at me one time. And, like, you ever get caught right at that point of your elbow oh, yeah. where, like, oh, my God, like, it hurts so bad. And I had a friend over, and I remember I just bit down on my lip, and, like, I could feel the color draining out of me. And, like, I didn't want to make my friend uncomfortable, so... But you can't talk and hurt so bad. Yeah. <laughs> you just like... I was just like, thanks. That felt great. And I don't even remember what it was. Like, I probably said something stupid, but her reaction was a violent one. It was to throw some at me. And they were like, oh, Josh, you're such a pussy. You got hit by a remote. And like... Listen, I don't... If they're willing to throw remotes at you, they're willing to throw cups at you, they're willing to throw fists, they're... That escalates quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, there was a discussion after that one, and I was like, hey, the next time you do that, I don't ever want to see you again. Yeah. Like, it's over. I ain't putting up with this. And so, you know, I don't want to just say that, that violence against trans people only comes from men. Is it majority? Probably. Yeah. But, like, you know, it, it's it's dangerous. And, and being trans doesn't really play into the amount of sexualities that people have chosen um like i mentioned uh androsexuality we also have pan and 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 there was an episode of big mouth which i don't know if you've watched i know i've told you i've told you i know i know i'm such a disappointment it is so good and when you finally do you're gonna laugh your ass off and you'll be like i need to listen josh more (laughs) just kidding (laughs) but they did an episode where they talked about um well they introduced a bi character and then right away they introduced a pan character and they described bi as only liking one you know two genders and then pansexuality encompassing everything and then as soon as that episode aired like the next day they had to walk it back and say like well that was an old definition of bi and we acknowledge that it is the most accurate definition of bi and it left me more confused than anybody i think because i'm like well so what is it like what is bi is bi just male and female gender is it is it somebody who likes trans is it somebody who likes all of those things in between or like what's the deal and is pan like just you know pan is described as somebody who finds anything sexually attractive um i i prefer to think of it as someone like who like they fall in love with the person and not the gender well isn't that demisexual or maybe i don't see it. yeah even i'm like i'm 
gay, and I'd like I I can't even give you an accurate like I, it, and I think too, you know. I mean, different like labels can mean things to different people who utilize them too, which is also, I think sometimes, part of what you know leads to confusion um, it muddies the water yeah i mean the w- <laughs> imagine if you had a personal definition for the word thank you yeah <laughs> like, do you know how upsetting it would be to talk to somebody <laughs> well and i th- i think too it because there are so many different types of people that even if you utilize a particular label you might find yourself venturing outside of it sure sometimes um because things happen in your life that that surprise you you know like fair enough you know fair enough uh even people who like hardline like identify as straight like live their lives straight there like forever like and i think this is why i wrote this character this way in the story is because like and then all of a sudden she comes across this person who is the same sex as her and something just happens like does she have to identify as a different sexuality no she doesn't have to identify as anything at all like she can just focus on what she's feeling and that's perfectly okay um you know i'm that i'm that type of person and i think i this might be maddening for some people but it's like you know use your labels um like I, I don't have an issue with labels. I I also don't think they're like absolutely one hundred percent necessary. Uh yeah, I know. So, man, there's so much on the table there. But do you think some of the criticism you'll get for this character is that it's going to make some people say that you feel that sexuality is a choice? No. Um, oh, well, I'm sure. sure I'm sure that? some people will will criticize. Uh, because of that but i i don't because to me saying that sexuality is a choice it means like waking up one day and just deciding like i'm going to be a homosexual now like or i'm going to be this now it'd be like me waking up the next morning and being like i'm going to be straight like that's not like it's not like, like a mental decision like this character is not making this mental decision that like hmm today I'm going to find a woman to sleep with. Like, right. That's not what happens. What happens is that she meets this person and her heart reacts. Like, the chemicals in her body react. Like, it's the, that there's no decision making I, there. <laughs> I know what you're saying. I just can hear the criticism. I, can, I, I, I know people are going to, to levy that. And, and I think it's a shame because... You're not you're not describing it wrong. Um, I had two friends, and I can firmly say had because they won't want anything to do with me now. In fact, I'm relatively sure the one hates me. I don't know why. You made a face like you cocked your head like a little puppy, but like so they were in um, a relationship. They were both lesbians. Um, one of them was feminine, and the other one was androgynous at best and probably masculine on most days. Um, They were together for a very long time. I was very close with them. Like, 
stupid close, like went on vacation with them and everything. And I liked both of them. I liked both of them a whole lot. Um, and it would be weird if they were listening to this. Um, but they broke up in the worst of fashions. Like, like my heart breaks. I think part of the reason they don't like me or they don't want to associate with me is because of the the things that happened um they broke up and the feminine one um basically told the other one that she had raped her for multiple years oh that God. she was never lesbian that she just was I don't know, scared of guys or didn't think she could get a guy or, or you know, whatever stereotype thing you want to throw in there. Um, and then went out and, and got into a hetero relationship and got married and is, is very happy with that now. But like the damage, the things that were said, the, the, the trauma that the other one had to feel to this day breaks my heart like I when she she came over and she cried and like explained what happened and it was just like I couldn't feel any any worse for somebody than I did in that moment um but I didn't stop talking to the other one like as grievous as I thought that was I wanted to hear her out I wanted to hear her trauma I wanted to hear her side and she spun this other tale of abuse and alcohol abuse and you know like she she said things that weren't accurately true to kind of like you know put on a show to get out of it so that it would be over over that there would be no going back like and then when you hear it expressed in that way it's like you 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 have understanding there too i i at the end of the day my opinion is meaningless you know it doesn't matter it it, it uh, my heart breaks for both of them maybe more so for the other because she had the she had to hear that you know she she was in tears explaining like you know that she had childhood trauma of that very nature and now she was had that accusation levied at her. Like that is the worst thing you can do to somebody. Oh yeah. Um and it it was it was hard and I think part of the reason they no longer talk to me is because I I never really picked a side. Um and I don't have a good reason for not other than I just I don't know. I um. I, th there's other reasons in there. They, you know, they're they're both happily married now. I want to point out, like, like, like one is has a child and, and and is in a hetero relationship, and the other one is in a lesbian relationship, and she's married, and her wife is lovely, and they're great people, and I miss them both very much in different ways. Probably one more than the other, if I'm honest with myself, but. You know they chose they chose that our 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 chapters were written and and they're done and they're not in my story anymore and it's it's a hard thing to overcome but i i feel for them and so it really again my opinion on the whole thing means nothing 
But it does make you question that kind of stuff. It makes you think about like, well, so was it a choice for her or was she faking it? Was it a phase? Is she bi? Like, like how, now how do you reckon that with your understanding? How does that fit into your narrative, your understanding of the world around you? And I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, ultimately it doesn't matter, but I don't know. I think, you know, not knowing that much about these people, I feel like you would have to be a pretty oblivious partner. Like, if you're being intimate with someone and like... Like, you're not seeing some level of discomfort mm-hmm. on their end, on the other person's end. Like, I feel like you have to be really, really oblivious. Like, and I just can't seem to bring myself to believe that that this person who was accused of the abuse, like, of being that oblivious. Um, you know, I can feel like, because, like, you know, when you first, you know, told me that, it's like, okay, like, the my first... Um, instinct is to be angry at this person for saying that to yeah. her because it's like how do you say that to someone how do you like how are you with someone for that long and you're intimate with them and you do all of these things and like and then you say that to them like that's that's especially given that that she experienced abuse herself and then on the other end you know I, I take a step back and I think like what happened to you? Where are you mentally and emotionally that you felt the need to say that? Right. Like, you know, something, like, there must be something up with you as well. So, you know, I and mean, if you're friends with both of them and you are, you know, care, you're attached to both of them, you know, of course you wouldn't want to make a decision as far as, like, whose side you're on. Well, um, yeah. You know, uh... I mean, I think it's really sad that, like, neither of them speaks to you anymore. Um, That's what happens when you play the middle road, though. Yeah. You, ha- you have to be willing to that. You know, I I didn't make a snap con- condemnation of either. And, like, for that reason, you lose both. Yeah. And that, and and I'm with you. Like, you, you're, you're, your fairness meter goes all over the place because yeah. you're just like, well the things that you brought up and okay like the dynamic that she wanted out of that at all costs like there has to be an amount of validity to her concerns and issues that you would want to get out like let's be honest abuse comes in many forms it does it is it is neglect it is pressure it's physical it's emotional um you know uh how many narcissists does it take to screw in a light bulb (laughs) the answer is none because they gaslight yeah Um, (laughs) well played well played i had to break the tension because this is (laughs) it was it was getting like really serious it's a heavy topic yeah you know what i mean that's it's it's so funny to me like when people will watch tv um, or read a book and they're just like, oh, you know, it, it's it's the, how they write these characters and the, and the depth of conversation. And then you compare that to any one real life thing and you realize how multifaceted life is, how how truly in depth our lives are with with issues. And it's it's a weird one. 
it's a weird one um so the the only thing that we haven't touched on which is i think incredibly hard to write in the media and i don't see it done often i think bojack horseman made an attempt i don't watch it so i'm only going off of colloquially what i know but like people who are asexual and there is uh, a thought that people who are asexual don't have sex at all um when in reality they're just not hypersexual they're more into just having friends and relationships that aren't they don't revolve around that right um which is funny because then there's demisexual which if if anything gets more hate than bi i think it's demi and only for the reason that demisexual sounds like some made up bullshit where you only you only get sexually attracted to somebody that you have a deep romantic connection to well duh like right you i mean oh, that would be your your initial thought i think for some yeah um but i think you know i don't know i just i think being a part of this community i think has just taught me so much um and i always i'm, I'm i keep bringing it back to my story and i'm so sorry and it's not like i'm plugging it because it's not even published yet but when it is <laughs> When it is, please do. I have a small <laughs> audience. I love every one of them that listen, and I'm sure they'd be interested in your book. Well, and I, I think um, writing the story has taught me so much, and I, I think uh, that a lot of people could probably relate to it, and I think a lot of people can probably, you know take something away from it um but if you had asked me if i would ever write something like that this like even like three years ago four years ago i probably wouldn't have um you know i especially like back when i i had you know had that terrible breakup with my ex like mm. i would never ever have written a story like this um but i think i have learned so much about how big and unknown the world is and how big and unknown people are um, and what they're they're capable of um, and it, to me it, it's you know again it, it's that thing where we come back to labels and and that's that's where the 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 wishy-washiness seems like it comes like for me because it's like yeah labels are great like I you know I think sometimes labels are necessary but also they're not like, because, you know, I think labels really provide a comfort for people. And that's great. Uh, ultimately, I think some people in their lives will never, ever go a moment where, like, something happens that, that kind of, like, pulls them aside of that label. But a lot of people will. A lot of people will have moments where they're like, yeah, identify as this. And then they meet someone, you know, and it just, it throws it all for a loop. And either you are open to it or you're not. Um, so as much as it might sound on the surface, like just this bullshit definition, um, you know, you could even like, I can even, I can use myself as sort of an example. Like, 
as someone who, I don't know how I want to say this, um, you know, okay, like, I'm a person who would go my entire life thinking that, like, you know, I'm only going to be attracted to this type of person, and I'm only going to want to, you know, be around these type of people. And then someone might come into my life and might, you know, change that for me, might, like, you know, open my world up to other possibilities that I, like, previously did not think of. Um, uh, that person could be, you know, another woman. That person could rel could very well be another man. Like, I, for the most part, don't think it's going to be a dude. <laughs> but, like, I just, I, I've learned enough to know that I just feel like anything is possible. Um, you know, I never would have thought that I would be really, really good friends with... Um, well, I shouldn't say never would have thought, but, like, maybe a few years ago, like, gay people have a tendency to get really, and I know I'm kind of going all over the place, but gay okay. people, we have a tendency to get really jaded and to formulate these opinions based on our experiences. So maybe I would not think that I would be really good friends and have a lot in common with someone who is very heteronormative, like a heteronormative woman. Oh. And then, yeah, like, I wouldn't, like, oh, like, we have, we've had nothing in common. Like, what could we possibly have to talk about? Like, what, what could we possibly connect over? And then something happens, and this person walks into your life, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, like, that preconceived notion I have over here just, like, completely got blew out of the water. Because here is this person in front of me who is so endearing, who... I have so much more in common with than I ever thought that I could, um, and who changes the way that I think about things. Um, so I don't know how I'm going to wrap that whole like thing up that I just said, but basically it's, you know, I think if people could just be allowed to exist, like in whatever world they live in that that just makes them comfortable now i'm not talking about like false comfort where like i'm i'm comfortable over here being a racist or something no that's not okay um right. <laughs> that's different or masking trauma with like yes. a false persona exactly um that that's sur surviving and and that's the, your whole other subject right there but if this works for you and it allows you to live this full, healthy, like happy life, then by all means, like you're demi, you're poly, you're asexual, like you're non-binary, like it sounds stupid, but do you? Yeah. I, you know, in a, in a sense, I get that. I think where we differ, um, like you embrace labels and I've always, I mean, I'm Pisces, so I, I, I generally like to throw off labels, but in reality, I was homeschooled, so I never got a label. Like, I was never called a jock or a prep or a goth kid or, like, I never got any labels um, until I actually went to school my final years there, 
And by then it was too late. Nobody knew what the hell to call me. Um, and I never thought growing up, I never thought of myself as being in a group. Like I never rode my heterosexuality into the, into the night, you know, and was proud about it. Um, I've joked a lot about wanting to be gay. Um, and I, I don't, like, I know at my core, I'm not ridiculously, like, toxic masculinity straight. I don't, I don't think that's right. I, I, I think I've asked you before about the Kinsey scale and if you were, like, like at least aware of, of that. And, yeah. And, and his, his thought process is that everybody is a little bit one way or the other. Um, and I guess I run into a similar issue to you. I'm open to the idea that somebody, I could meet somebody and have a relationship with them unexpected. I really don't think I could be in a gay relationship ever um, probably because I carry some similar issues. Um, you know, when I was younger, I was molested, um, which I've never spoke about on the podcast before. So I apologize if I'm getting quiet. I'm not trying to get quiet. I'm usually pretty loud. Uh, I, I honestly, I don't talk to anybody about it. Um, I, I was also raised really religious. So it like had a worse impact because, you know, I was told that if you were gay, it was a sin. And I've bucked a lot of that, maybe, perhaps, that thinking. Like, I, I, don't, I don't identify as religious, but some of it is so into you that you, you know, especially, like, as a teenager growing up, I, I thought that even though it wasn't a choice of mine that because it happened to me it kind of condemned me a little bit that that i that that it was you know that was game over um i don't i i want to say that like i would be the bigger person and that wouldn't color any relationship that i'd have with anybody but clearly it does, because I, I guess I'm not over it, right? I mean, I don't think... Speaking from experience, I... I the, the idea of getting over it... I, I think it's possible to heal. Um, but you're never going to forget. You know, I... I'm never going to forget, like, and 
like what you just did right now was like big and huge and like you know not just talking to me about it but talking about it on a podcast like it I can't even begin to say like you know how huge that is and it ultimately is so much like and this this is not meant to be um invalidating but it can be so much worse for boys because there is this connotation there is this thought process that like I don't know exactly where it comes from but like I can understand where that religious connection comes in because when it happens to boys it's like they think that makes them gay and that is also why boys have a tendency not to report Uh, and well in my case it was it was violent It, it was it was weapons used it was it was I feel like this is the worst podcast that I've ever done. <laughs> like, so many dead sections. Um, it was violent. It was secretive. It was, you know, if you tell, I'm going to do X. Um, it, it came about because of neglect um, on my parents' end. Uh, it, again, like, it's just... They don't write stories about the truth of it. And, you know, you are, uh, you're a man. You're supposed to be able to defend yourself. I mean, I, I, I believe truly that everybody, I think guys especially, once a year, you should get into a fight that you lose. I, I believe that you should, um, you should do a challenge, like challenge yourself physically and overcome that challenge and I think it's for polar opposite reasons I think that if you got your lights knocked out once a year you would learn that you're mortal um, your ego would take a hit and you would also learn after the fact when you've recovered that you can recover that you can bleed and still carry on and it, it would be a humbling experience I think for a lot of guys and on the polar opposite I think challenging yourself to do something that you physically don't think that you can and meeting that goal will teach you that you don't have a glass ceiling and and people think that guys don't feel that way that that because we're on top you know whether you chose to be or not that everything is open to you and that's not the case even within the subsect of being a, a white hetero male, there's still barriers. There's still things like, you know, I'm not whining when I say I grew up dirt poor. My parents were what they were. Um, my religious experience is what it was. That, that you know, other things that I've experienced happened that, that gave me issues, you know, confidence issues. Um, uh, rattled me in ways that I, I, I still don't know how to process and deal with. Um, you know, and I struggle with, like, why why would I judge? And I don't think I do, but, like, why would I judge all gay guys off of a bad experience, you know? And then, and then you can say, you can, and I'm surprised you didn't, like, hurl that right at me. Like, well, there's a difference between gay and pedophilia. Um, and sure, sure there is. You know, uh, I, 
that guy wasn't even gay. Um, but I don't... When you're in the moment, you don't separate that stuff. You don't... It, it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't give a shit what his sexuality is. He did something to me at, at, at you know, an age when you don't know up from down. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and, and you, and you certainly can't process compl the complexities of sexuality in the moment. People will say that rape is a power thing, that rape is a dynamic that isn't sexual. I don't know that that's true in that case. I, I don't feel that that was. I think he wanted to get off and I was in a position I couldn't fight back and that was it and um, you know do I feel like less of a man because of it I, I did for a long time you know um, does it rattle my confidence now maybe in the dark recesses of the way I look at things I don't know I don't know um, I, I don't think that it made me a better person. Like, I know some people say, like, well, shitty life experiences add to your character. Um, I could have gone without that one. <laughs> I, I could have lived, lived pretty happily without having gone through that. It doesn't color the way I judge people, though. At least I don't think it does. I know I just used it as a front to say, like, I don't ever think I'd be in a gay relationship. But I don't, I, I just don't. I don't think of other guys' junk as a weapon. I find it funny most of the time. <laughs> like, penises are hilarious to me. Um, but I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I find it all fascinating. And, and that probably stems more from never being labeled. Never applying a label to myself. Not enjoying labels. I've never stood behind them. I've always looked at labels as you're picking a team. So so you're on Team Demi or you're on Team Bi or you're on Team Gray or you're on Team Asexual and, and that's your group and you want to identify with that group because you don't have enough character or fortitude to be an independent. And for some reason, I take so much value in my independency. When in reality, I don't have a choice. I, I have to take value in my independency because that's all I've ever known. I've never felt the protection of a mom and dad who truly cared about you and never like 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 always put you first or put your needs above theirs. I never had that. I I was homeschooled because my parents were super religious and they didn't want me to learn about evolution. That is the most uh, sociopathic reason I could think of to prevent somebody from having opportunities. And it fucked me out of a lot of opportunities. It, it screwed me over from going to college. It screwed me over from taking SATs. Like, I didn't have a conventional education. And so, you know, that, that coupled with other neglect things, like, that was... 
I had to be independent. I had to grow up fast. I had to learn to cook for myself. I had to clean for myself. I spent most of my days when the kids were at school completely alone in the woods by myself. And I opened myself up to predators. And I had to deal with that by myself. I never told my parents. I, I never told the vast majority of people what happened. You know, because I didn't have anybody. I didn't ha I, I had my independence. I didn't have labels that I felt like I was ever a part of a group with. And so that's what influenced my views on a lot of these labels. And and again, I, I wanna I want it to be like uber super clear. I don't judge anybody who does. If you feel safety in numbers and you have to get behind a flag or a symbol with a group of other people to feel like that's where you belong in the world, I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you found a home. I'm happy that you found a place. And I don't even have to understand it to make sense. I just like to try to understand it and I like to talk about it on the podcast because my hope is that by working out in my own head the way this works into the world, I can help somebody who maybe has a more negative connotation towards it to work it out for themselves. Yeah, and I, I, I think that that's a noble reason as any. Like, and to me, ultimately I think what happens is people feel as if because they accept something about a person that that ultimately need, means that they need to accept it for like onto themselves. Mm -hmm. So for instance, you know, by accepting that someone can be Demi, like by accepting that, like that, you know, the falling in love with, with the, the person and not the, the genitalia, you know, not the gender uh, or the sex, like, that that means that you also have to in order to accept that they can and that's not really the case right like you can accept um and i want to make that clear on my end that just because you can accept that they do that for them does not mean that you have to accept that one day i'm gonna like i could possibly <laughs> fall in love with a man no you can you can live the rest of your life like knowing in your heart that you would never ever be with a dude and that is perfectly okay um I think on both ends, what happens is that, uh, I hate to use this word, but people get a little militant. Yes. Um, and, yes. and it's like, you know, like accepting it to an extreme where, you know, like for me, it's like, I'm okay. Like with you being like who you are, like I have a very like shrug my shoulders kind of attitude about the whole thing like if you want a label that's great if you don't want a label that's great too like um i do think that sometimes labels can also be harmful um when they're so stringently adhered to you know yes i identify also as a non-binary person because i feel like i don't fit into one box or the other does that mean that i need to go out of my way to like force someone else to be like you should identify this way as well no right. no do i sometimes think that th that uh, a, a strict binary gender code can be harmful to people yes i do because men feel like they need to act this way and behave this way and there's so much pressure women feel like they can't do this that and the other thing also so much pressure you know even when you look at like the people who deviate 
from those two. When you have a transgendered individual who is so pressured into passing, into fitting into that box, and when they don't, it's it hurts. It hurts mm-hmm. so much because all they want to do is be who they feel, like be who they know they are, and the rest of the world is telling them they're not because, you know, they're, you know, male to female, very good example. Like when you have a male to female transgendered person and they are athletic, you know, but now I, oh, I can't be athletic and do the things that I love because it makes me look too masculine. Right. Yes. Do I personally think that those strict roles can be harmful? Yes. Are you, am I going to like lash out at you or tell you you shouldn't adhere to them? No. It's not my place to do that. You know, am I going to feel empathy for you because I know how hard it is? Or I can at least see how hard it is. I don't know from experience. I'm not a transgendered person, but like I can see how hard it is for you. Yes, I am going to feel for you and I'm going to support you as much as I can. Like to to kind of like reverse engineer that whole thing. Like, yeah, that's um, male to female transitions. You man um if you had to play any game on like expert mode that has to be it like add person of color into that mix and boom i mean like you're really you're playing on a level that most people wouldn't have the fortitude to even attempt i think that you have to deal with it from a male from a male perspective you know most toxically masculine guys will they they won't say it but they think women below them. Yeah. So when a guy transitions to a woman, he's create he's just done the ultimate sin because you know, why would you want to be a bitch? Why would you want to like, you know, what dude, dude. And then and then like you had just pointed out earlier like it's because they assume that there's a little part of them that wants to be the bitch and like they can't live with that. They can't reconcile that in their life. They have to these these square blocks have to squ- fit in these square holes and and then and then reverse side you have catty women who are just like oh honey you're not even close to passing like um they how many comments gross disgusting comments were made about Michelle Obama's appearance mm-hmm. um Venus Will- Williams um any you pick any female athlete who in my opinion like a lot of them just gush femininity mm-hmm. um venus williams has gotten in trouble for we- wearing you know re- too too much revealing clothing while while playing at matches um because she really embraces that but then you'll have some assholes that'll be like oh she looks like a dude like honey she's more woman than you'll ever get and and probably manual manlier than you'll ever be so that's your own insecurities yeah, coming out like, exactly and yeah i did just quote rent so <laughs> deal with it um and i, I yeah it, it a lot of the hate it is all about the person that that's that's throwing it out and that's really what it boils down time. to you know and yes women are just as guilty um because women you know, are taught to see other women as competitors. So now it's like, oh, 
well, now I have this other set of people that are now coming into play that can also compete with me as well. Mm. And now I'm at more of a disadvantage. That's literally where their brain goes. And it's like, you're already at a different kind of disadvantage. Like, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it behoove you to embrace, like, as many people as possible who share some of the disadvantage with you to then become stronger, to then have a sense of, of community and uh, on some level, like, t and I, I think that's why I, I try to be as open as I can and why I feel so open because it's like, what, like, I, I need all the help I can get right. basically. <laughs> so, so why would I, why would I, I push you away? I, it, I, I think it's, it's that whole collectivism being on a team that's that's what having a label puts you on a team um when a female transitions into a male and they um they 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 get male type jobs and i'm not trying to stereotype any jail but like you know the stereotype is like a construction site and then you have a a, a female a male transition person and they just want to be accepted by all the guys and they just act like all the guys and they joke around like all the guys and like men generally are pretty accepting of that like they'll never see them as equal um and i think that's hard for them as the transition person to deal with as the trans person to deal with but the guys don't see each other we don't compete with each other for mates the way women compete with each other we compete with ourselves like like you know when you're trying to get a chick you're not you're you don't give you i mean to a, a large extent yeah like you buy the flashiest car like there's a lot of that that goes involved you, you try to dress nicer but but really you 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 are so ego centric driven to try to attract a female like you know you're you're you want to look a certain way you want to puff up your chest you're trying to go after them so you're not you don't even think of the trans the trans male there as like even competition you don't you don't even acknowledge their existence you know it's 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 a totally different dynamic but you're right i mean you're you're right you're absolutely right it's it's tribalism has a lot of benefits it has a lot of downsides um labels may give you a certain sense of protection but they like also give you they also can make you militant they can make you going back to the beginning of your conversation like you've never forced yourself into a space in somebody's life but there there was that whole movement for a second to force people to use pronouns that you wanted you know i don't don't call me he them they you know like, I want you to use this specific word to describe me. And then it makes it cumbersome for that person. And then you're kind of like, like, you can push people away. And then, then, and then you have to ride this high ground that, like, you know, you're, you, you've distanced yourself. But you made a victory for getting somebody to use the word you want. And that's... That's hard. I think as somebody on the other end of that, you should strive to make people feel comfortable. You're going to make mistakes because you are trained a certain way. 
But if somebody says, hey, please don't call me he, work at it. Work at it and then just ask for the grace to make mistakes. You know, try. And and if you don't, if it's that cumbersome, that's on you to, to call the relationship at a close then. You know, but I, I've never been so encumbered by the English language that I don't think I couldn't try to accommodate somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and uh, I, you know, it's, it's another thing that people have, have such a hard time with. And I mean, I, I get it to a point, but I think for me, it's just like, if, you know, if someone's asking you, like, like, this is how I identify, like, please refer to me as this, you know, I, I mean, is it really, like, is it putting that much of a strain on my brain to, like, try and remember to do that? Do you, do you is ever really... have that problem, though, where, like, you know how, you know, not even gender-related, you know that something is one way, but you've always referred to it as the other, so then you think about how hard you have to say that one thing, and then you just, like, blurt out the thing that you didn't want to say. Um, sometimes. I think our subconscious makes us do, like, really stupid, stupid, stupid things. Um, I'll tell you, like, I, I can't call somebody to their face they. <laughs> like, without, without fucking it up. So I will ask the name, and it'll be like, what's your name? And then they'll give me their name, like, oh, okay, Bob. So Bob, hey, Bob. And I will just repeat their name like a parrot, because I... It's the only way I know I can do it without, like, messing up. Because if they want to be a he, they want me to call them him, refer to them in language as a he, I'm going to mess that up because my stupid brain's just going, no, the other thing, no, the other thing, no, the other thing. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. And then I just, you know, word vomit comes out. So it's just easier for me to use their name. Yeah, and I I think, you know, it's our brains do that. You know, our brains cling to what is familiar, um, and our brains want to hang on to what is familiar because it's comfortable. You know, I think it's, you know, and it's going to feel uncomfortable as we're using these new terms for a little while. I think the more that we use them you know, the more comfortable that is going. Like, it's just, it's just this period of discomfort and it's whether or not you're willing to feel it. Um, and I get it. I mean, I get like, you know, not wanting to mess up because it's embarrassing, you know, like just because I'm this extremely like enlightened queer individual <laughs> does not mean that I have not misgendered people because I have. Uh, I did so once I was referring to a, an actress and um, actor. Like, I don't, I wouldn't even, like, I don't even know what term would be appropriate for this person. You already messed up. Yeah, I already, see, I already messed up. And I referred to them as she. And then one of my internet friends was like, you know, uh, they're non-binary. Oh my goodness, I had no idea. Because I don't research as often as I should uh, these people that I like to watch on television. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I had no idea that, you know, what pronouns they preferred to use. Um, 
you know, we're going to mess up. Um, I think if we can be allowed the space to mess up and also the opportunity to get it right, I think that's going to go a long way. Sure. You know. I, I, I think you summed it up great when you just said, like, let people live in their spaces. Yeah. You don't have to identify with that yourself to accept somebody who lives in that space. Right. And exactly. That, that's, that's... I'm good enough with that. Um, <laughs> we're at an hour of 45. All right. I think I'm going to call it. Um, that sounds good. Uh, so thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it every time you do. I'd like to have you back again. Excellent. Um, to come back. So... That's it. That's the podcast this week. Um, as always, please go check out campaignzero.org. Join campaignzero.org. It's always linked in the description. Um, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, my next podcast is going to be about Brianna Taylor and some things that have come up about that. That that just frankly is it's. It is what it is, but it's not good. So that's the next one. I appreciate everybody who listens. Thank, thank you, Steph, again for coming on. Thank you. And uh, I'll see everybody next week. I'm talking to myself in public. Dodging glances on the train.